Good morning. Welcome to our daily word of prayer. So glad to have you along today. My name is Tom Short, and we're glad to get into the word of God today. Talk about it. Pray about it. Trust God to speak to us through his word. We've been looking at some of my favorite spots in the land of Israel, the holy land. And um, part of this is we take a tour there each February. And Lord willing, we'll be able to go this year. We had to miss the last two years due to the COVID. But Lord willing, we'll go this time. Some of you may want to join me. It's a life. It's a tremendous experience to go and study the life of Jesus right where he lived and walked and to fellowship together and worship together. It's a great, great trip. There'll be information about it in the description below if you're interested. But today we'd like to talk about one of my favorite spots, which isn't about the life of Jesus. It's about Elijah. Elijah, one of my favorite prophets, indeed, was often seen as like the prophet, the great prophet, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And I'd like to talk about what happened up on Mount Carmel. This was a tough time in Israel. There was a king named Ahab. By the way, this is found in 1 Kings chapter 18 is where the story is told. King Ahab and his wife Jezebel were worshipers of Baal. Now, Baal was the god of nature, the god of the weather. They believed that Baal controlled the rain and so forth. And actually, Israel was going through a drought right now. Now, Ahab was an evil king. He and his wife Jezebel, they had killed most of the prophets of Baal. Excuse me, the prophets of the Lord. In fact, Elijah felt he was the only one left. And so they had killed the prophets of the Lord. They had demanded that the people must worship this false god, Baal. And it was at a time when it was, it was tough because there was no rain. And you'd certainly, if, the, if you're in a drought like this, you certainly wouldn't want to offend the god who could bring rain, the god of Baal, the pagan god, the false god, the idol. But the people, what do they do? What do they do when their government, their king, is telling them what to do? They've got a prophet and a history of a religion. The religion of God tells them differently. Their government, their king, tells them one thing. It tells them something contrary to that. Look what happens. Isaiah, excuse me, I'm sorry, Elijah, challenges the people. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal... Follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. They were spiritually paralyzed. What do you do in a situation like this? How do you, how do you shake the people out of their lethargy, out of their, their inability to make a decision? Again, they knew that to worship the Lord would be to go against the king and against the government. And they'd seen how the prophets of the Lord had been slain. Maybe that would happen to them. But they also were aware of their heritage, their, their spiritual heritage. And they knew of, of God having blessed the people, of the, that the Lord was the mighty God who brought them out of Egypt, brought them into the promised land. And, of course, some of that seemed like a long time ago now with the trials, the difficulties they were in the midst of. And Elijah challenged the people, how long will you hesitate? Reminds me of our day, doesn't it? Does it remind you of the world we live in today? We've known of God doing great miracles, 
but many of them seem like, oh, they were a while ago. Now, are we living in different times? Is God still active? Do we trust in the Lord or do we trust in our own wisdom, our own research, our own education, our own power, our own money? This is kind of where our culture is at as well, is it not? And the people in our country are hesitating between two opinions. Many of them, of course, have gone the wrong way. Many of them are worshiping, uh, you know, many of them are are trusting in man-made solutions, man-made answers. And if Elijah were here today, he'd be calling us, who are you going to serve? How long are you going to hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is the Lord, if the Lord is God, well, then serve him. But if not, then just give yourself, stop playing games. Indeed, I know in my own life, this is one reason I love this chapter, this story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, because God certainly challenged me with this early in my Christian life. I imagine he's challenged you too. I never wanted to be a half-hearted Christian. If, if the Bible is true, I wanted to follow it fully. If it wasn't true, I didn't want to play games and pretend like it was. I didn't want to have one foot with the world and one foot with God and be straddling the fence, shall we say. I wanted to be all in one way or the other. And I think that's what God calls us to be. Well, what do you do in a situation like this? Well, Elijah had an idea. Let's see who's God really is God. He challenged the prophets of Baal. Now, there are 450 of them. And there may have actually been 850 when you add in these other prophets that it talks about in in verse um, uh, 17 through 19. There were prophets of the Asherah. And so there, there may have been 850 prophets, leaders, spokesmen, shall we say, for these false pagan gods and only one of Elijah. But as we know, if you're on God's side, you're in the majority. It doesn't matter how many are on, how many people are on the other side. It can be ten thousand versus you alone. But if you're on if if you're on God's side, if you and God, that's the majority. And so Elijah had a test. Let's call these prophets of Baal up to Mount Carmel, and there let's have let's see let's see which God can. Prove that he's God. We'll build two altars, one to your God of Baal and one to the Lord God. And we'll take two oxen and put one on each each um, altar. And we'll see which God can send fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice. And the people said, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Let's see which God can answer with power. And so he said, Elijah said, you've got all your prophets, you go first. So again, whether it's 450 or 850, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to read this, but there were a lot of them. And they prepared their oxen, put them on the altar, and they began to dance and chant and scream and cut themselves and pray to their God and make noise and call upon Baal to send a fire from heaven down and to consume the, alt- the offering. But Scripture says... Baal did not answer a word, and there's a reason, because Baal isn't a real God. He's a false God. There are false gods out there. Not every God is a true God. There are false gods. 
They're pagan gods. They're idols, and that's what Baal was. Well, after a while, and by the way, during this time, Elijah mocked them. He ridiculed them. Call out louder. Maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's gone on a trip. Maybe he's just not listening. Maybe, maybe he's missed out. Maybe he's busy like on the toilet or something. He mocked these prophets. Imagine the boldness. One man, I mean, verses 450. And they had the king behind them. And they'd already, they'd already killed all, all, almost all of the prophets of the Lord except Elijah. Imagine his boldness, his confidence. Well, theirs didn't, their God didn't answer. And towards the end of the day, they've probably been dancing around for hours, maybe seven, eight, nine hours. Who knows? Towards the end of the day, Elijah said, okay, it's time. He prepared the altar of the Lord. He put the oxen upon it. He called out to the Lord. He cried out to God. And God answered with fire. He sent a fire down, consumed the oxen. Oh, oh before that, Abraham said, uh, Elijah said, let's make it a little bit tougher. Pour water on the oxen. Well, this is during a drought. Pour water on. Pour more water on. Pour more water on. Till it's just drenching. And then the, wire, or the, or the fire came down and consumed the offering. When that happened, the people had a response. They cried out. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And to which I say, Amen, 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 and Amen. This is what we need in our day. Demonstrations of God's power. Our God is greater than the, the gods of our day. The gods of materialism, money, the belief that science has all the answers, the belief that science is our new God. The belief that our own wisdom, our own knowledge can rescue us from every problem we have. No, you and I were designed to need God. Now, God's not against utilizing things of this world for his good. Never, in a, never without him, though. Always God at the foundation. You and I were designed to need God. And we'll never solve our problems without him. I believe it was uh, Pascal who said, Inside of every person is a God-shaped vacuum that can never be filled by any created thing, but only by the creator himself, Jesus Christ. Likewise, with all of life, we live in a fallen world. The, fall, the answer to the fall is to get right with God. The answer to our fallenness and our sinfulness is to be reconciled to God. And every other solution that we have with that does not include God to solve our human problems, our worldly problems, every other solution will ultimately fall short because it, it's, it's putting a band-aid on the problem instead of alt addressing the real symptom. That is our separation from God. I love going to, the, to Mount Carmel. Interestingly, when, you, when we stand on Mount Carmel, we talk about the story of Elijah and then our group, we shout out, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. We proclaim it just like they did 3,000 years ago. We proclaim the Lord is God. We renew our commitment to him. But as you turn around and look the other direction, you look over the valley of Megiddo. You look over where Armageddon, the vast valley where this final battle in the history of the world will be fought. It's quite a scene, quite a time to be there. Father in heaven, we thank you in Jesus' name that you are the Lord God. Jesus, we declare that you had the ultimate victory 
when you rose from the dead. You have demonstrated yourself to be the Almighty. How we confess, Father, our own tendencies to trust in the arm of the flesh, to trust in our own wisdom, to trust in our own research, to trust in our education, to trust in our money, to trust in our science. It's so easy, Lord, to trust in anything but you. We confess it's Lord, this own tendency, and we, we, we don't like it. We want you to be right at the center of all of our thoughts, all of our beliefs, all of our faith, all of our confidence, all of our hopes. We thank you that you are the solution. Ultimately, you're the solution to every real problem we have. And we pray that we would always put you at the center above anything else that we would that we would ever look to. We pray this for our land, our nation, Lord. Because more and more that we we are in the midst of great division in our land. And it really in many ways is we're paralyzed. Who is our God? Who is our God? We confess, Lord, that there's many of our nation who, who reject you and they want another God. And we want to stick fast with you. And so we pray, Father, you would prevail. We pray that your people, you'd raise up your people to be mighty in spirit, mighty in the way of God, that we would be people who prevail with our joy, our love, our hope, our confidence, our faith. You'd raise us up to be, uh, to, to show that we have what everybody wants because we have Christ. Lord, they're looking for what we have. They just often don't want to get it this, the way we found it. We pray, Father, for the advance of the gospel in our land. We pray for a mighty revival in our land. And we ask these things. Use us. We make ourselves available to you. Use us, we pray. In Jesus' holy name, we ask this now. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, so glad to have you along with me today. We get here every day. We come here every day, 8.30 a.m. live, or but you can watch later in the day or listen to Apple Spot. Listen to podcasts on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. But, you know, I encourage you to join us every day because we want to be mighty men and women of God. We are engaged in a spiritual battle. Our country, our culture is involved, and we're hesitating between two opinions, and many have made up their mind. They're going the other way. Many believers, you need the encouragement and strength to be able to live each day as if the Lord, He is God. We get this from his word, we get this through prayer, and we get this through the encouragement of one another. That's why we're here every day, and I hope you will join us. We don't want to be once a week, once a month, once a year, or just when we feel like a Christians. We want to be faithful day in and day out to be believers in our Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm here to help you, encourage you, and inspire you. I hope you'll join our community. Like the video, leave a leave a comment below, and uh, and, and uh, subscribe, and hit the notify button, and make a commitment to be here day by day by day. It'll make a difference in your life. You'll change, I guarantee you, because God is faithful. Until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, show His power in you, and we pray this and bless you in Jesus' name. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.